We're going to learn the Sikha today on the topic of Vayichi. What does it mean Vayichi? What does it mean living? And it's going to shed some light on surviving Golos and thriving during a time of Golos. But before we get to that, we have to understand some basic things. And that is... All of the other parshias in Torah, Sedris in Torah, before the uh, the parsha begins, there is a space in the Torah. Either uh, the parsha begins, the Sedris begins on a new line, or else there's at least a space of nine letters between the end of the previous Sedris and the beginning of this Sedris. Parshas Vayichi is the only Sedra that has no space. There's no way to tell by looking inside of the Torah that there's a new Parsha beginning, a new Sedra beginning. And this is something that is addressed by many Mefarshim, by Rashi, and is going to be addressed today in the Sicha. We're going to begin, however, with a different, more basic question, Seif Aleph. Vayichi Yaakov Beretz Mitzrayim Shvaas Rishana Vayichi Yimei Yaakov so the first Pasuk in this Parsha gives us two pieces of information. Number one, that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years. Number two, that the sum total of Yaakov's years on this earth was 147. Frechtman, so on this the question is asked. Many of them of course asked this question. Why does the Torah have to tell us explicitly the number of years that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim? Last week, Sadr, the the Torah already told us that when Yaakov arrived to Mitzrayim, he was 130 years old. And in this Pasuk, in the first Pasuk of Parsons Vayichi, it tells us that Yaakov lived to the age of 147. So you do the math. If he arrived at 130 and he passed away at 147, then obviously the, the, the interim years were, were 17. So why does the Torah have to separate and tell us explicitly that Yaakov lived for 17 years in Mitzrayim? Conversely, if for some reason the Torah feels it necessary to tell us explicitly the number of years that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim, that it was 17. So if we put that together with what we've learned from the previous Sedra, that he arrived at the age of 130, then this total is extra, superfluous. The amount is, is understood, self-understood. If Yaakov came at 130 and lived another 17 years in Mitzrayim, obviously that adds up to 147. So either don't tell us the 17 or don't tell us the 147. But why does the Torah have to tell us both that he was in Mitzrayim for 17 years and that it totals his life, the, the, the years of his life, 147. So some of the Mepharshim answer as follows. As the far tale, the Torah is to tell Yaron was Yaakov a given to Mitzrayim was after the Vayichi. That the reason that the Torah explicitly specifies the number of years that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim, saying about them Vayichi, while the Kuf Labit Shana Bizdemold, then by Yankiv and Nitzgiven Gerechen for Yaron from Leban, because the hundred and thirty years that Yaakov lived up until that point was not considered life. And the reason is, as Yaakov told Parai, my life was very difficult, with hard work and with pain. First he had to run away from Esav, and then he had to find himself by Lavan. He was up by day, he was up by night, he couldn't sleep, it was cold. And then Yosef was sold. He had a difficult life. But then when he came to Mitzrayim, he didn't suffer any hardships. 
He left 11 from Shalom and Menuchah. Quite the contrary. He lived a life of peace and tranquility. It's living in the best, in the choicest part of the land. Seeing that all of his children were complete. And his son Yosef had become the viceroy of Mitzrayim. Their father says, Therefore, that is when Yaakov actually began to live. For 130 years, Yaakov suffered. You can't call that life. And then, when Yaakov comes to Mitzrayim, life begins. So that's why the Torah has to tell us that there were 17 years that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim. That was Vayichi. That was his life. But then the Torah tells us, in addition to that, that Yaakov lived a total of 147 years. In order to uh, specify to us, in order to Tell us as these let's the zibitz and good yon in these final seventeen years, good years. The vayichi and the years of vayichi of megemacht forgetting them tsar and akmesefes from the alafridik yorazayna made him forget the pain and the suffering of the previous years. Bizei ben ala uiskes and vegutu yon so much so that all the years seemed to be good years. Kulan shavin leteva they were all equally good. Kulun Shavon Leteve is a borrowed term from Chayisara, where it says, Vaskuf, Kivaschaf, Vaskaf, Kivazayin, that there was a hundred years, there was twenty years, and there was seven years, and all of those years were all equal with regards to the fact that they were good. So you could say the same thing, that first the Pasek tells us that there were seventeen Vayechi years, they were good years, and then these seventeen years impacted the rest of his life to the point that all 147 felt like good years, and therefore the Torah tells us also the number 147 to tell us that his entire life was impacted positively by the seventeen years that he lived in Mitzrayim. That's the answer of the Mepharshim. 17 years to tell us that these were good years. And 147 to tell us that the 17 years made the rest of his life feel a lot better than it actually was. As is Abba Nechalaf Nidglatik, however, the Rebbe says that this does not sufficiently answer our question. The truth is true that these last 17 years were good. They made it, they, they, they bettered Yaakov so much. Gitik from the word gut. It, 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 it was so good. To the point that it made him forget the suffering of the previous years. Why would we take and add in the total, which we already know, because we know 130 plus 17 is 147. So the only reason we would be adding this total, if we didn't know the total at all, then we need to tell me the total in order to know, to, to know the number. But if we already know the number, so the only reason it's adding this number is to tell me that Kula and Shavan, that they were all equal, Unachmer, Kula and Shavan, that they were all equal for the good. When 130 of them were, were few, and, and, and bad. They were the opposite of good. So how could you merge together the 17 and the 130 if in reality the 130 were terrible and the, and the 17 were amazing? So we want to say Kulon Shavon Leteva. That was the answer to the Mepharshim. But how do we do that? How do we merge together the, 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 the good years and the bad years? So that is our first Question, the question of Seif Aleph, why does the Torah tell us both the number 17 and the number 147? Either tell us 17 and we'll do the math ourselves, that Yaakov lived till 147, or tell us 147 and we'll do the math ourselves, that Mitzrayim, he was there for 17 years. And if you're going to tell me that the total is there in order to tell me that the good years impacted the bad years, it doesn't sufficiently answer the question. How do you mix together such good years and such bad years? So now in Siv Beis, we're going to discuss another question or another series of questions that will lead us ultimately to, ex to explain and understand the answer to this question. And here he's going to introduce this idea of the fact that the Parsha is Tuma, literally means it's closed or it's sealed, it's stuffed. Um, and it's referring to the fact, like I mentioned earlier, that there's no space in the Torah, no blank space in the Torah before the Parsha of Ayichi. 
Wenn man verstehen, durch wenn man das verstehen, durch Mavaris and Divriya Madrish und Pirish Rashi in order for the Sadr will understand this by first explaining the words of the Madrish and the words of Rashi in the beginning of our Sadr. The Madrizah Madrish says, Lama Parsha Zustuma, why is this parsha closed? Mikala Parsha shall tera more than any other parsha in the Tera. And he's going to explain in a moment that none of the other parshas have this uh, uh, lack of space before the parsha. Ella, the answer is, and the Medrash gives three answers. Rashi is a little bit different. We'll get to Rashi in a moment. But the Medrash gives three answers. Ra answer number one. As soon as our father Yaakov passed away, began the Shibud of Mitzrayim, began the slavery of the, of the Yidin by the hands of the Mitzrayim. And therefore, this closed them off from peace, from happiness, because they were enslaved, and therefore the parsha also is closed. Dovarachar, a second reason, why is the parsha closed? When he wanted to reveal the end of times to his sons, to his children, and it was concealed from him, the information was sealed off, and therefore the parsha is also closed to symbolize the fact that this information was sealed away from Yaakov. Dover Acher, a third reason the Medrash brings, Lama Yistuma, why is the Parsha closed, or, 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 or why is the opening to the Parsha closed? Because by coming to Mitzrayim, the Abishter closed off from Yaakov all of the, the, the suffering of the world. In other words, Yaakov stopped suffering when he came to Mitzrayim, so therefore... The parsha is closed, saying that all of the suffering in the world was closed off and could not affect Yaakov. So the first two reasons are somewhat negative. The, the Shibud began, or Yaakov, or the fact that Yaakov could not uh, reveal the Kates, the end of times, to his children. And the third reason is a positive reason that the parsha is closed because all of the Tzaris were cl were closed off from reaching Yaakov Avinu. And now that I've explained, the Kasha, Lama Parsha Zustuma, main to Pashtus. Seemingly, what's the question? Why is this Parsha closed? What does it mean? The fact that there's no space before the words since a new Saturday is beginning, and there should have been. Uh, a, a space. Just like all other sedits in the Torah, there should be a space before the words and here there isn't. The Medrash asks, Why is there no space over here before the Parsha, like any other Parsha in the Torah? But if this is the question, so it's not entirely understood. Yaakov means Yaakov was alive. Yaakov lived. It's a positive thing. So if there's a stima, if there's something that's been closed, there's a message that we're getting because the parsha is closed that comes right before Vayichi Yaakov, I would seemingly lean to the fact that the message is a positive one. For example, the fact that at that point in time, all of the Tzaris of the world were sealed off and could not reach Yaakov. And like we're going to say in a moment, and yet, the Medrash doesn't mention this until the end. And the question that we're about to ask is even more intense. Before this parsha is sealed, is closed, is, is lacking of the space. At the end of parsha's Vayigash, the Torah tells us the positive, the good situation that the Yidin were living in. As is given in a nefim from Vayifru, Vayirbu Me'ed, was in a situation where they multiplied and were fruitful. It's Bishasas Glaich Nochdam. So if the Pasuk Torah continues immediately, without any break, without any space, that Yaakov lived in Eretzitzrayim, Seemingly, the, the way I would understand this is that the Torah is trying to emphasize that Vayichi Yaakov is on the same theme without any break, without any 
interruption from the positive theme of Ayigash. So based on this, number one, is positive. Number two, the end of Ayigash is positive. And the end of Ayigash and Yaakov are written in the Torah without any space, without any interruption in between. So I would therefore imagine that the message that we're getting here is a positive one. So in that case, the question becomes, why is the positive reason of the fact that the Abishter sealed away all of the Tzaris that they could not reach Yaakov, why does the Medrash bring that as the last of the reasons? When the Ersht does haste, and the first, which are the primary reasons, are ideas that are the opposite of the 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 success of the Yidden in Mitzrayim, of the fact that Yaakov lived good years in Mitzrayim. We're, we're bringing two things, that Yaakov is about to die and Shibud is going to begin, the slavery is going to begin, or that Yaakov wants to reveal the Kates and he can't. These are negative things. So the question is, if the if Lama Parsha Zustuma means, why is this Parsha, what's the message of the fact that this Parsha does not have any space before it? Then why does the Medrash go first to the negative and not go straight to the fact that Vayichi Yaakov is a positive message and therefore the stima next to it is positive? And now we're going to ask this question until now it's on the Medrash. Now the next question we're going to ask is on Rashi. Now what Rashi does, if you look at the Rashi, Rashi brings the first two reasons and doesn't even mention the third reason. Rashi brings the, the fact that the, 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 their hearts and minds were sealed because of the Shibud and the fact that Yaakov uh, was not able to be Megal of the Kates, he was not able to reveal the Kates. The, 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 the fact that, that, that Hashem took away the, all of the sorrows from Yaakov, Rashi doesn't even mention that reason which is mentioned in the Medrash. So now is going to be the question. Since Rashi's approach is, the, is to explain the basic understanding. If since Yashi is taking the simple basic approach, Rashi should have taken the primary reason as the one that has a positive thing. In continuation to Vayifru in the end of Ayigash and in connection with Chayyakiv, and not to discuss to bring up a negative thing that was orchestrated by the passing of Yaakov, which is the opposite of Yaakov. Rashi should have for sure gone to the positive because that's how. You understand the psukim in the basic most way. Isn't it move on? So therefore it's not understood. Aleph, number one. Davka dem dritten time medrash. Shesosam mimenu kotsaris. This, specifically this third reason of the medrash. That he stopped all the tsaris. Amnenstin sum pashtus amikra, which is closest to this basic understanding of the pasik. Brink nit rashi. Rashi does not mention. That's question number one. Why does Rashi skip that pirush, which seemingly is the closest to Psuti Shalmikra? Bayes, second question. Rashi bring, yeah, the two reasons that Rashi does bring. He should have placed them in the opposite order. The first one that he brings is because of the Shibu, the slavery. The second one that he brings is the fact that Yaakov could not uh, reveal the case. Now he's going to say, Yaakov not revealing the case is when Yaakov is still alive. It was the end of his life, but it was, but, but it was still alive. The Shibud starts after Yaakov's life. So chronologically, the, the, the not being able to reveal the case comes first. The Shibud comes later. Late in Svetan Tam is the steam of Arbudin Mitchaya Yankiv. The second reason this theme of the, the, the closed parsha is connected to the time when Yaakov is still alive. Even though the reason he wanted to reveal the Kates is because he was nearing the end of his life. But it still takes place during his life. 
The first reason is talking about the slavery, which happens after Yaakov passes away. And also, the negativity of the slavery is much worse than the negativity of not being able to reveal the, the case. And according to the approach of the Sikha right now, that we're trying to start with better, so besides the, the things that are, be, that are better than the things that are worse, besides the fact that we should have started with, with the fact that, that it sort of stopped when Yaakov came to Mitzrayim, if you're going to skip that, then you should at least start with the Kates. The fact that Yaakov couldn't reveal the Kates. Number one, it's not nearly as bad as the Shibud. Or number, that's number two. Number one, it happened first. And number two, it wasn't nearly as bad as the Shibud. So that is, these are our second second set of questions. So Tzif Aleph, we had questions were, why does not the Torah mention both the 17 years in Mitzrayim and the total of 147? In the second Sif, we asked the question, why is there a stima? Why does the why is there a, 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 a no opening, no space before the parsha of Ayichi? We brought the three reasons of the medrash. We asked why does the medrash mention the last reason last, if seemingly it's the best of the reasons. And then on Rashi we asked why does he skip that reason if it's the closest to the Shomikra? And the two reasons that he does bring, why does he bring first the Shibud, which happened later and is worse before the the fact that Yaakov could not reveal the case. So now in Sif Gimel, he's going to address another detail, and that is the fact that the stima happens in the beginning of the parsha and not at the specific events that the stima is alluding to. And from this, we're going to derive that the stima is not about specific events, the stima is about the entire parsha. Sif Gimel. We'll understand this by first addressing the fact, the question that the Mepharshim answer on these two reasons. This is a quote from Rashi, which ends, If the reason for the closing of the parsha, again, closing of the parsha is not the proper translation, but it, it, it's the best way I could, uh, the easiest way to refer to the fact that the, there's no opening to the parsha, there's no space at the beginning of the parsha, is because of the fact that their hearts their eyes and their hearts were closed off because of the hardship of the slavery. Oh, there was also Or the fact that Yaakov wanted to reveal the case and it was sealed off from him, it was concealed from him. Then the stima should have been where the Torah discusses those events, either the event of the fact that Yaakov could not reveal the gates, or the actual patira of Yaakov at the end of Aichi. Um, if I am fair, so the Mepharshim say, why Taker? Why is the stima not there? As a stima in Mitten Sedra is nitkentik. If there's a closed closing, if there's uh, uh, no space in the middle of the Sedra, it doesn't, it's not recognizable that there's a message there. However, when it's the beginning of the Sedra, it calls out that there's a message being said. And he explains. When the steam is at the beginning of the Sedra, because a new Sedra means that a new, a new concept, a new section is beginning. So there has to be a, 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 an open space. Even more than other uh, uh, mid sedra uh, uh, spaces is b'shas is legamre nitake in revach when there's no space at all, his sasum is totally closed. Undi in yarim shtein dach and svei bazunder the sedras and these are things that are discussed in two different sedras. 
And nevertheless, there's no space there. Is mistaber lemar as the stima vayis need of stimas from protis the kipsukim unverter for the stima gefinzich. So therefore, we could understand from here that the stima is not representing the, the uh, a specific psukim, specific messages. Nor is he is farbundin mit klolus teichin asedre under farbert zinirmes beturagdoma. So the teichin asedre ukidelalon and the, the stima is referring is, is referencing is referring to the entire theme of the sadra therefore it is hinted in the beginning of the sadra because it, it it's it's uh, addressing something that it touches upon the whole sadra as we will explain in a moment so we the the say something very simple the mafarshim say that in the middle of a sadra you don't know that there's supposed to be a space and therefore the the lack of space doesn't tell me anything but in the beginning of the said there was supposed to be a space, and and it's not there. This tells me, oh, there must be a message here. From, the Rebbe continues this and says, in other words, not only is it there to tell me that there's a message here, but the fact that it's here tells me that it's not just relevant to the details of the Parsha, but it's relevant to the entire Parsha. Is vegan meuroi so that I need to be shaykes to even a chayim for yainke vivinu in Eretz Mitzrayim. And since the overarching theme of of Ayichi is regarding to events that are not connected to Yaakov's life in Mitzrayim, thus was very detailed in Parshas Vayigash as Yaakov ubanov that I given in Meitav Haoretz bis to siyum vayifru vayirbu meoid that which is related in Parshas. Vayigash, that Yaakov and his children were living in the best of the, the choicest part of the land, and the conclusion of the parsha that they were fruitful and they, they multiplied greatly. Vayichi is talking about events that are connected to Yaakov's passing. Until it actually tells us at the end of Vayichi that Yaakov passed away. From the very beginning, almost beginning in the parsha, that Yaakov's days were approaching the end of his life. And then it continues. And then all things that are relevant to the time immediately preceding his passing. In the very first Pasuk, it gives us the sum total of Yaakov's years, implying that we're holding at the very end, discussing the end of Yaakov's life. So since Parshas Vayechi is not about the life of Yaakov, the way it was in Vayigash, the way it was in Mitzrayim, discussed in Vayigash about Mitzrayim, all the wonderful uh, uh, experiences that he, that he had, that they had. But Vayechi is about the passing of Yaakov and the events that lead up to that. Is there fun verstandig as mit der Parsha Stuma, meint die Tere ondeiten auf Astima, bekeschert zu dem Teuchen Klolli von der Parsha, Petitas Yaakov. So from this we can understand that the fact that there's a Stima, there's a closed off Parsha at the beginning of Vayechi, this is uh, something that's relevant to the whole Parsha and to the uh, overarching theme of the Parsha, namely the passing of Yaakov. And now in Sif Dalad, he's going to answer his questions that we had in Sif Bez about the Medrash and about Rashi. The Midvet for Enfet Beda Ibn Matakashis, was Rashi is Mashman Tamdritan Tam, Under Seder Funditzweg Gebracht Taimim. This will explain to us why Rashi excludes the third reason. The Rashi doesn't even mention the third reason, the fact that Yaakov, uh, the fact that all the Tsaris stopped for Yaakov. And the fact that Rashi brings the two reasons in the order that they do, that he does. First, the idea of the shibud, of the slavery that happens uh, uh, after Yaakov passes away. And then the fact that Yaakov could not reveal the kids. And now we understand. Since we've come to the conclusion that the stima, the closing of the parsha, has to be connected with the passing of Yaakov. And with the events that are connected to his passing, so it doesn't fit in that the stima, the closing of the parsha, should discuss 
a parsha that's about to discuss the Ptira of Yaakov, the passing of Yaakov, should be referring to the fact that the Tzorah stopped when he came to Mitzrayim. Sayin's man, first of all, chronologically, Shashasamimenu is given Balbam Kumen in Mitzrayim, Zibitz in Yorfarzayim Ptira. Chronologically speaking, the stopping of the Tzorah ha- happened 17 years ago, when he arrived to Mitzrayim. We're now 17 years later, Yaakov is about to pass away. So to say that it, that now the parsha is sosam because 17 years ago uh, the tzaddik stopped doesn't fit. Sayin Also, if you look at the content of it, the union from sosam and menakot tzaddik shabayilam versus tachlis hachayis, the fact that he stopped the tzaddik, which is the ultimate living, is in kegenzat suminin aptirishal Yaakov, is the polar opposite of Yaakov's passing. Their father's Rashi in Gansen, Mashmidim, Dritten Tam. Never Rashi, who is Pshutish Shalmikra, the Medrash can bring it. Brings it at the end. But brings it because the Medrash is not Pshutish Shalmikra. But the Rashi, who is Pshutish Shalmikra, says that reason does not fit in here at all. I'm not going to mention it at all. Mitam Zeh is Eich and Kashan, it was Shabikish, the Galish, Lot Rashi, Alta Tzaitan Tam. This also explains why the fact that Yaakov could not reveal the Kates is the second reason. Since if we're talking about the fact that the theme of the parish is Yaakov's passing, then the fact that Yaakov passed away is closer to, the, to a detail, which is the fact that he couldn't, be, he couldn't reveal the Kates. Because... The, 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 the stima, which is referring to the slavery, was a result of his passing. So Yaakov passed away, and therefore the Shibud began. And there, while Mashiach Vikish the Galois wasn't caused by the passing, it was just uh, 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 time wise, it was right adjacent to the passing. But, but the Shibud was connected directly to the passing. And the Mikra, the Shibud is the closest connection to. The, to the overarching theme of the Parsha. And therefore, the, if there's a stima at the beginning of the Parsha, it connects to the Ptira of Yaakov, which leads to the Shibud. So this answered both our questions. The Seder of Rashi is first the Shibud, because that's the closest thing to the Ptira of Yaakov. Then comes the Bikish Legalis, which is connected to the Ptira, but not as connected as the Shibud. And the reason of, of the, that the Tzara stopped is not connected to Yaakov's passing at all, and therefore it doesn't fit into this Rashi. And with this, we answer the questions of Sif Beis. We still didn't really answer the questions of Sif Aleph. And now we're going to go into another question based on this, uh, on this what we just learned in Sif Gimel. That the overarching theme of Parshas Vayichi is the Petira of Yaakov, the passing of Yaakov. This is going to raise a question. In that case, why is Vayichi Yaakov in this Parsha? If Yaakov's life is in Vayigash and Yaakov's passing is in Vayichi, then Vayichi, that, then the words that Yaakov lived for 17 years should have been in Vayigash. And then after that, the Rebbe is going to ask the question, how does the name Vayichi fit to a parsha that's talking about Ptira? Sifei. If you go a little bit deeper, what remains not, not understood is as follows. Why does the Sadra actually begin with Yaakov lived? Since the whole parish is talking about Yaakov's passing and the events that were connected to that, so why does Yaakov's life, uh, 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 in, why is Yaakov's life included in the Sadra? Hey, Nemes, as the Sachakel von Schnei Chai Yaakov, kumt in Verbindung mit seinem Tiere, wie gesagt, Frier. It's true that the second half of the Pasik, the fact that Yaakov lived 147 years, is talking about the conclusion of his life and is an introduction to his Petira. Der Mitwe Dover plays Rech, the Shaykhas von Zweiten Alben Pasik. So this only explains the second half of the Pasik. The Yaakov lived in total 147 years. The Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years. Where he's talking about Yaakov's best years. How does it connect to the passing of Yaakov? And according to this, the, 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 the breakdown of the Sedra should have been different. 
The fact that Yaakov lived the 17 best years of Mitzrayim should have been the conclusion of a Yigash. We're discussing that Yaakov's, Yaakov's spirit was revived. Yaakov lived in the best part of Mitzrayim. And that they multiplied and they and they were fruitful and they multiplied greatly. And that, so that should have been and in total that was 17 amazing years. And the fact that he, he lived in total 147 years which is beginning to talk about his passing. That should have been the beginning of Ayichi. So he's asking how does the Pasuk, the first half of the Pasuk Vayichi Yaakov fit into a Parsha that's discussing primarily the Petira of Yaakov and the events related to that. In addition to that, as was discussed numerous times, several times, the name of the Sedra is connected to the theme of the entire Sedra. And via Zever, the Sedra, Angunuf, Mitnama Vayichi, how do you call a Sedra Vayichi in their sight, was their inout from their Sedra, is Yaakov. If the theme, the inner, the, the, the content, the theme of the Sedra is the passing of Yaakov. Just the opposite of Vayichi. So question one is on the positioning of the Pasek. It doesn't belong here. Question two is on the name Vayichi. The name Vayichi seems to be opposite of the, of the theme of the Sedra. So in Sivav, he is going to explain to us what does it mean life. Once we understand what it means life, we'll understand how Vayichi Yaakov fits in over here in this Sedra, and that Vayichi uh, is, is, is the proper name for this Sedra, and will even explain to us why the Torah tells us the 17 and the 147, which was the question that we had in Sivav. There be in them. Amiti is inyan True life is something that is consistent and eternal. Something that continues, goes on forever, unchanged. Which is why the true existence of life is only by Hashem, the who is the source of life. That Hashem is the true Elikim, and he is the Elikim of life, or the, or the alive Elikim. But Emes is Azach, but Nifsik Nishtana. Truth means something that doesn't stop and doesn't change. Eib Aber in them is Doahevsik. If something does stop, Verter Angeruf and Chazov is called false, the opposite of Emes. But the Fargefitman as Taichem is very Uski to think at Emel and Zibinyar, Verter Angeruf and Haras and Chazvin. Therefore, we find that rivers that dry up once in seven years. Is called a false river. You cannot use the water of that river to prepare the mechatos, the, the, the mix of the para aduma. Because they're not living waters. The Torah says you have to have living waters as part of this mixture. And if the water is coming from a river that cannot stay uh, uh, flowing for seven years consecutively, it means it's not a real river, it's not alive. This is why Chazal tells us that the Abister's seal, the Abister's, uh, 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 what represents the Abister is Emes. Because Emes is made up of three letters. Aleph is the first letter of the Aleph base. Mem is the middle letter. Tov the Lesteros. Which shows that from Aleph till Tov, from beginning to the end, it's the same unchanged Abister. On Kainu without any changes. the I'm the first, I'm the last. Besides me, there is no other God. That from the beginning of times to the end of times, I'm the same Abishter. That's what this pasuk means. That Hashem is, Hashem is the true Hashem. Since the true, uh, uh, the true definition of the Abishter is truth. Because it's unchanging and, uh, and, and, and unstopping. Not really a word. It never stops and it doesn't change. Is who Elikim Chaim is Er Yisbarach the Emes Mitzis Chaim. Therefore, he's the true existence of life, the true definition of life. Because he's the definition of truth. Because he is eternal and unchanging. Therefore, that is life. That is what it means. The Abister is alive. The Abister is forever and eternal and unchanging. Since they're not true 
creations. They were created by the Abishter, but it says that from the moment that a person is born, he be, the, the life within that person begins to diminish. So they're, they're constantly diminishing. Dim, dim, uh, 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 the life is becoming less. The, 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 the life of the person is becoming less and less. Because they're not eternal, therefore their life is not truth, not real. Saidin. What is the caveat? If the creation connects himself and cleaves itself with Elokos, then because Elokos is alive, then by definition of the ones being plugged into Elokos, the person lives a true life of Elokos. This is why Yidin are called alive. To leave their dvekas in elokus because they are connected to elokus. Because you are dvekim in the abishter, because you are cleaving to the abishter, therefore chayim kul chamayim, therefore you are alive. As that they too are alive and eternal forever because the fact that they are connected with the abishter. So a goof. A creation by itself is it's created and it's constantly losing life. And therefore it cannot be considered true life because it's not eternal. But when we connect to the Abishter, then by virtue of being connected to true life, we become alive for real. However, we have a problem. How can you see this? How do you know in, in the physical world whether this person is connected to Elokos and therefore truly alive? If a person is in the physical world, which conceals the truth of Elokos. When a person experiences tests, and confusions and distractions in his connection and yet remains complete and unchanged in his fulfillment of then it becomes revealed with all with a, with a total clarity because we see that his connection with Hashem was unchanged so this is a a, a, a a brand new idea. We started out that that, 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 that that truth is eternal. And therefore true life is only by the Abishter. Because the Abishter is eternal and therefore that's the, that's true life. And therefore a, a Yid, a created being, we said is not, is not true life. Unless he's connected to Elikos. Good. But all of a sudden we have a problem. How do we know? And this is where we introduce the idea that challenges and struggles and distractions that do not succeed in distracting the person from this shows that his connection to Elikos is real. And therefore this shows on true life. When a person experiences hardships and remains connected, that shows true life. Lay them and now we understand the connection between Vayichi Yaakov and the rest of the Sedra. Which its theme, as mentioned already a few times, is the passing of Yaakov. And also, which is the, what we asked in the beginning of Sifei. Why? Why is the parasha begin with and why is the parasha called Vayichi? Both of these questions can now be answered based on this idea that challenges and struggles, or in the Lashon of the Sikha, tests, confusions, and distractions are the ultimate test of true life. In all of the years leading up to Yaakov coming to Mitzrayim, we could not see for certain that, that these were true years of true life. 
of the Atamad Vekim, of connection with Hashem, Chaim, which is real life. And certainly, uh, with regards to a kind of connection in life that would be befitting for the level of the Ovis, which were the chariot of the Abishter, which means that they were in a total bittle to the Abishter. That, that was a very, very lofty level of bittle, and therefore a very, very lofty level of Dvekus and Chaim. We don't know. But under Klaufun al because the rule that it says in Pirkei Office, one can never be too sure of themselves until their very last day on this earth. Is said with regards to Tadikim as well. Especially Yaakov, which we learned in Parshas Vayishlach, that Yaakov was afraid that maybe his sins affected his chosim, his merits, which means that Yaakov was afraid that he had sin. And therefore, his level of connection during all the years of being in Israel, and experiencing so much sorrow and pain, was not yet a sufficient proof that he was truly Vaichi. Even the fact that he saw that his children and children's children were righteous was also not a good enough proof. Because they were in Eretz Yisrael in a holy place, in a, holy, in, in a protected surrounding. And we have no idea what their situation would look like if they were in a place that is grub, that is coarse, that is materialistic. But when Yaakov reaches a time that's closer to his passing, especially that in the interim, Yaakov came to Mitzrayim and he proved to himself that even living in Erebus Aretz in the most immoral land, he was still in perfect completion. In the fulfillment of Tehru Mitzvah's bees, they let the Agrophones and Levin to the very last moment of his life. Especially since he saw over there in Mitzrayim that his bed was complete, meaning to say, that all of his children are complete, are perfect in their righteousness. And even Yesef. Regardless of the fact that he was the king of Mitzrayim. And he was... Uh, captured amongst the nations. His aim nevertheless remains in his uh, in his righteousness. Even the Ephraim and Asher who were born in this immoral land. That are worthy of blessing. And so much blessing. That Yidin throughout the generations are going to bless their children with the blessing of Ephraim and Asher. May the Abishter make you to be like Ephraim and Asher. So, so now all of a sudden, Yaakov sees that in Mitzrayim, to the, to, at the very end of his life, he sees that everything remained intact. This reveals Yaakov's truchayas. That all of his previous years, although on an external level, they were filled with pain and suffering, but on a deeper level, they were the, they were the life of Yaakov. When their fires and the lets the zibits and yarim mitzrayim are clutter bavays as cool and shav in the table, and therefore the seventeen years of mitzrayim are a clear proof that all of the years of Yaakov were equally good because they showed that even when Yaakov was in Eretz Yisrael, it was vayichi, it was true life because it was connected to the Eved. So, this answers a lot of our questions. The fact that Vayichi Yaakov is in this parsha is because it's only here, as Yaakov prepares for his final moments, that he ultimately discovers that his entire life was the real Vayichi. 
And therefore, now we can go back to that medrash that says on the one hand, his best years were in Mitzrayim, but on the other hand, it's cool and shove on the table. Now it makes sense to us. That he was telling us that Yaakov lived 17 years in Mitzrayim. That was the ultimate vayichi, because that's where he was able to see that even in Erev Saharetz, there is still but he also mentions the 147 years because he wants to tell us that the 17 years in Mitzrayim proved that all 147 years were all vayichi, were all alive with vayatim advekim vayilakechem chai. In Siv Ches, he's going to go and talk about the name vayichi and tell us that the Ptira of Yaakov and the time after Yaakov's life on this earth is where you see the ultimate vayichi of Yaakov. Termit, that is move on what the Sadr of Angro from Vayichi. Based on this, we'll also understand why the Sadr is called Vayichi. Hagamas in Yir Ratzich, Nitnor, Vegin, the Murais when Yaakov Samachlub Tirasai, Nor Ech Tiras Yaakov, Uvegin Desman was Nachtem. And even though this parish is talking about not just the events prior to Yaakov's passing, but it's talking about Yaakov's passing and the events that follow that. So the Chayra Yaakov is not Vayichi anymore. And yet, nevertheless, the parish is called Vayichi. Now we can understand. Yaakov did not die as his children are alive, as his offspring is alive, so too he is alive. When the far statement by Yaakov in the Lashon Misa, and therefore there's no word Misa by Yaakov. What does this mean? That Emes Achayim from Yaakov by stating them Vazare Bachayim. The true life of Yaakov consists of the fact that his children are alive. Just haste. Since, as we explained previously, the true sign of life is, if it's true, then it has to be eternal and forever. Similar to way it is by the Abister, the source of life, to whom Yidden are connected. That the life of the Abister is eternal and forever and unchanging. The river So how can you tell if Yaakov is truly alive? Not just. If Yaakov is able to stay connected in Mitzrayim, which is what we said until now, but you have to also see the eternity of it, the endurance of it the, uh, beyond ya Yaakov's time on this earth. Meaning to say that it doesn't just remain eternal in the life of the Neshama as the Neshama goes back to heaven and continues to live on, connected to the Yaakov. But also in this world, the, the uh, true life of Yaakov remains in Zayna Kinder and his children. Because they live the true life of Yaakov. And according to this, it's even more gishmak, it's even more enjoyable to, 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 to understand the reason why the said is called Vayichi. It's not telling us just that even after Yaakov is alive, you could still say Vayichi. No, more than that, Specifically after Yaakov passes away, that is when we can recognize and see the true eternity of the life of Yaakov. So there was a buildup over here. We started out with saying that when Yaakov comes to Mitzrayim, he is able to, to realize that the Dveikus Bashem Alekechem is true and real, and therefore he could be Vayichi, therefore that, that's a true life. And then we said that because it ha because he withstood that test of Mitzrayim, he was able to be an indicator that even the other 130 years was also Vaichi, was also real life, because it was Vatim Advekim even then. He just didn't know, he wasn't sure until he came to Mitzrayim. Then he said that the ultimate Vaichi is after Yaakov passes away, when when the life of Yaakov continues in his children, because that's when you see the Nitzchias of it. The Dvekis you saw in Mitzrayim, but the Nitzchias of it you see in, 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 in Zari Bachayim. And not only that, but after, after Yaakov passes away is a greater indication of Vayechi than when he was alive. Because that's where you see the Nitzchias of it. And in Siftes, 
he's going to continue on this theme and he's going to say that similarly uh, with regards to us, when it comes to Zman HaGolos, when it comes to a Golos uh, uh, that we don't even know when it's ending, that's where you see our ultimate faith in the Eibishter. That's when you see our ultimate life. And that is going to be alluded to in the two reasons that Ashi brings. One, that there was a Shibu Dagalus, and two, that Yaakov could not reveal the kids. <laughs> We said before that the fact that the stimulus of Parsha is, is in the beginning of the Parsha and therefore it is connected with the whole Parsha, namely the Ptira of Yaakov, the passing of Yaakov and the events that are connected to that. We mentioned before that Rashi excludes, Rashi skips the third reason that the Tzadus had stopped. Rashi brings just the two reasons. The one that Yaakov passed away, and therefore the Shibut started, and the fact that Yaakov could not reveal the Kates. Which are two things that are connected to the Petir of Yaakov. Al-Pi-Anal, so till now there were two separate things. One thing we, we asked, why is the stima over here? And we explained that these two reasons of Rashi uh, um, are connected to, to the parashas Vayichi. And therefore Rashi mentions them. But the fact that the tsar stopped is not really connected to Vayichi, it's connected to, to Vayigash. Therefore Rashi doesn't mention it. Then we had another discussion about the name Vayichi and the, and, and the placing of the Pasuk Vayichi Yaakov in this parasha. And we explained that the true life of Yaakov is seen in Mitzrayim and in the, and, and in the life after Yaakov's life. Now we're going to connect those two ideas. Because it's these two explanations that, that convey and underscore that the true life of Yaakov was carried on by his children, that their true life in a revealed way was the fulfillment of Teiru Mitzvahs and the connection with the Lukos. And he explains this. Almost painful, but powerful. The fact that you didn't learn Torah and fulfill mitzvahs in a time when there's no slavery, no exile, is as nitken grace achid is not a great novelty. Nochmer, afilu ben Eden hitten up Torah mitzvahs ein dikin galus. Over their matzah from galus is azaz mefilt begilu dem ketz digula meveis baasogu dem ketz in ois galus. Even if the even if the Yidden are fulfilling Tehramitzvahs in Golos, but they see the end is near, they know the case is coming, and they're about to go out of Golos, this too does not properly convey the true Vayichi of a Yid. But when the slavery and the suffering is so great, that in our human mind we cannot comprehend how we're ever going to be redeemed from this, in the case the, the, the end is sealed from us, we can't see it. And nevertheless, we believe with complete amuna that the gula is going to come. It's coming any day, every day. And in the suffering of Golos, we continue to learn and do mitzvahs. This reveals clearly. That Tayro Mitzvah is the true life of a Yid. Who mainly is verstanding as Davkut Durch dem Drikzechuist and Emesachais von Yankivim. And therefore we understand that this is what expresses the true life of Yankiv. And like we said before, that the Hu Bachayim, the life of Yankiv, is, is there, is revealed because Zari Bachayim, because his children are living through a Gallus and yet they're doing what they're supposed to, Ben Munashlema. 
The mitzvah noch besser verstanden, was Rashi bling blaze the esh the zwei time and it and time from the sauce of And this explains again deeper why Rashi brings these two reasons and not the reason that the tzara stopped. Well, for them kiyum atayim mitzvah since man from the sauce of called tzara is is not kinayin it that does the chayis belishinoi because if the fulfillment of tayim mitzvah is in a time when the tzara have stopped. Then we don't have a full proof that this is an unchanging, eternal, uh, perpetual life. That emissary by Yechivet Diskala in the Ravede in the Mizman from Tzaras Hashibut and Stimus Haketz. The true Vayechi is revealed in the Ravede that's done during the suffering of the slavery and during the time when the Kates is removed from us. It's concealed from us. We don't see an end in sight, and yet we stay faithful. We do what we have to do. That is the real Vayechi. When the Vayichi of Teiro Mitzvahs is accomplished during a time of, of, of Golos and slavery, this reveals the ultimate purpose of the Golos. That this is how we reach the, 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 the ultimate revelations of the Geula, of the ultimate complete Geula. Now we also understand the deeper reason why the Kates was actually hidden, concealed from Yaakov. Had the Yidden known when the Kates was, this would take away the intensity of the Golos. And therefore it would take away from the greatness of the Geula that comes after the Golos. This also explains the long-windedness of Rashi. He says he wanted to reveal the Kates to his sons, but it was concealed from him. Rashi is coming to explain why this parsha is sealed, why it's closed, why there's no space. Rashi could have said, because the Kates was, was concealed from Yaakov. Why is it relevant that Yaakov wanted to reveal the case? Because it was concealed from him, this is how he revealed the case to his children. It wasn't a concealment for the sake of a concealment. The purpose was that the Yidin will, will not know the Kates, and therefore they will be in such a deep gullus that they won't know when the end is. This will bring out within them a, 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 a inexplicable faith and a, 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 a fulfillment of Teiro Mitzvahs that will ultimately bring the Kates. Yaki wanted to bring down and reveal the Gula to his children. In order that his children should have the complete Gula, so they had to be the concealment of the Kates. And this was the preparation as the Nachzons and the Kabbals and Dosfas because Yaakov Legalis, they should be able to reveal that which Yaakov did want to reveal to them, the Giluyim from the Gula Asida, the revelations of the ultimate Gula.